0: Hello, everybody. This is Zoe from uh, the team behind Fire Team Wildcats. I am the writer and uh, director and slash co-creator. And today with me, I've got our sound designer, uh, Blue uh, Kruger. Hi. Um, yeah. So um, we wanted to do this video today as kind of a... Video? Ab- yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll re I'll restart.
1: No, you don't have to. <laughs> okay.
0: Um. I'll we can uh we wanted to do this uh podcast as a uh um like a behind the scenes because we thought a couple of you people might be interested in what it was like creating um Fireteam Wildcats um whether that's from like a production standpoint a writing standpoint a sound design standpoint. We can talk about it a bit. Um, And if you like, because I know that there are other people wanting to kind of create potentially similar things, maybe you can glean something from this. You're that giving us a lot of you. credit there. Hey, you know, like, hey, <laughs> with people, because I have a general idea of writing and a general idea of production. And you have a, a very good grasp on sound design. I feel like if somebody doesn't have a good grasp on any of those things, then we might they might be able to gleam something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right.
0: So... I guess we can actually just start from I don't wanna start from the beginning beginning because in the inception behind everything was a little yeah,
1: I was gonna ask about that like how this how the story came to be well, then I guess we can go and
0: we can go into it um so uh the the name Fireteam Wildcats actually comes from a discord server, it comes from my destiny clans. Discord server because we actually have a one of the audio like call chats in there is Fire Team Wildcats and we always kind of were joking around about it and yes it is Wildcats is from High School Musical that's what that is <laughs> that is, yeah that is entirely where it came from so you don't like anybody because we've had so many jokes about it thinking that they're clever that is the that is the origin of the name. <laughs> Um and uh, I actually had these these this idea for this story I wanted to tell about uh, a guardian that got taken, and I didn't really have any names for it yet. I didn't have really a full idea of what type of story. I wanted it to be, but I just kind of started there, started um, throwing a bunch of ideas at a wall, kind of figuring out what could stick as like a first episode or just like a a, like one full self-contained story. Even I think at that point it was just going to be one story, I think, that ended with the guardian becoming taken. So uh, actually my original idea for it was it ended at episode one. There was no episodes after.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. So I was just like, I was just like, it it just ends with this really sad thing of this guardian being taken and have it in basically not being able to control themselves and I was like well that's not satisfying that's horrible (laughs) exactly so it's like that's not not only is it horrible it's also just from a story perspective not super satisfying it's dark don't get me wrong and a lot of people do love dark stories but I wanted it to kind of have this I wanted it to have a a, a real purpose and so I started to completely come up with ideas for everything
1: that's like the Netflix gritty reboot of destiny exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but I think, uh, uh, around that time was when I brought it up to you blue and I was like, well, what we could, we could do something with this. We could do something like a destiny audio drama or something. And then I think I was like, well, let me come up with like a really short script idea. Um, so we can do like a proof of concept there's a strike in destiny one that is basically at the end of it, you go and kill an Archon or like a, a big fallen at the end. And I was like, well, let's just kind of do an audio drama version of that. Like a tiny little. Oh, So you snippet. didn't
1: have like any of it really planned out at that
0: point. No, And I didn't have that little, that little snippet planned out. I didn't like the little proof of concept thing. So I was like, Let, I'll just write up that little one minute uh, script. And I just, I wrote that and then i was like okay well i can play this character i can play rasan and rasan was entirely i just made up that name on the on the fly i was like well what's a guardian sounding name that's (laughs) yeah no it it very much works uh yeah and and so i was like i can i can do rasan and then i was like well i want i need it i want to get like a, a female character in here and then um thankfully my friend mia who i've actually we've worked with a bunch on a bunch of different things
1: oh yeah mia's great
0: yeah she's she's awesome um she was around and we had her be alicia uh, in that in that little proof of concept and that was really um informative, i think as far as actually wanting to do the show from there I was like oh this could work like this could be a really good outlet for for a a destiny story in this audio drama format and I hadn't heard at least at this point I hadn't heard of a destiny audio drama yet I know that there are others I think there's like one other now and I think there was one back in like 2014 2015 I don't really know of any others so if there are others I would actually love to know now because we're At the end of this, and I also wouldn't feel like I'm copying anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think there was like one that had fallen off the reins a little bit, or like there there was a there was one that was pitched, but then never really completed. I I think so. So we're sort of pioneers in that sense. Uh, Yeah, I'm not entirely not
0: entirely sure if uh, some of these ever, um, some of the ones I had heard about ever actually made it. Um, off the ground i just never saw too much about them
1: because yeah i mean that happens with a lot of fan content is mm-hmm. and i, I don't want to make, make any like claims about these other projects that didn't get off the ground but that just happens all the time where you see yeah. people come up with these ideas i mean we've had it ourselves with games that we were going to produce that just like yeah. started mm-hmm. and stopped like the the discussion trickled down trickled off and went nowhere
0: yeah, I mean, that's a, I guess that is an interesting point for everybody. Um, we're actually not uh, audio drama creators by trade. Uh, we are no. game developers by trade. So that kind of gives you a little bit of an insight into like our, our thought process kind of coming into this. So we had that proof of concept. We were showing it around to, I or at least I was showing it around to groups of, of friends because I was curious what people were thinking of it. Um, like what was right what was wrong and then I kind of took what people liked about it uh, and what people didn't like about it and then I tried to write uh, it was almost always uh, completely content it was like well people wanted to be more intrigued by it unless like oh this is just a a standard strike
1: yeah it was pretty it was pretty cut and dry like yeah we're gonna go hunt down this bad guy and they mm-hmm. got him and now they're leaving. It was it was nothing. Yeah. It was a nothing story.
0: Exactly. Uh and so like I was like okay, well let's make it intriguing. Let's uh and let's make sure because a lot of people were like the the fighting was really where it shined because it's like you don't in destiny you don't really tend to see more complex fighting than just guns and guns and hitting hitting targets except for like the um saint 14 fight versus um the minotaur like that's that's like one of the few times we see like a full fight or we've seen a full fight
1: yeah like martial combat yeah other than like swords for titans now and again and like their supers but other than that yeah it's all yeah it's all ranged
0: yeah and we and it it was like well let's try to get like more complex fighting uh into it and i think you've done excellent like really well with that as far as well thank you yeah just i think like the the your minotaur fight the oh boy (laughs) that that was oh i listened to that and my my heart was pounding
1: see sometimes (laughs) about those things i worry that like i you and i have the script we know what's happening and i do my best to translate that into sound and I, I wonder how much of that movement translates. Like, for instance, with the with the Archon fight, uh, there's a bit where the Archon picks someone up and squeezes them, and getting that to translate was pretty difficult. Like, to all the intricate movements of that. Uh, so I had I had things like uh, a leather jacket being stressed, uh, just compressed and made really loud to try and translate the idea of like a squeeze or something, some metal buckling. So yeah, sometimes I worry how much that that will translate. Um, even before we started the project, I was a little bit worried about that. I thought, should this be like a project that has narration? Like maybe a narrator saying, this is the action that's happening so that when people hear it, it, comes across even more
0: i i thought about that as well um i like if it was like something like the the speaker from destiny one kind of like giving a commentary but um i think it does for them like come across pretty well and that's all i mean we we for, uh, for the record we don't tend to just post things without Obviously, giving in the listen ourselves. I mean, a lot of times we've sent it to other people to kind of get what their thoughts were on it. We've yeah. done that a couple of times.
1: Believe me, I'm I'm listening to it over and over and over <laughs> when making yeah. it.
0: Yeah. And I'll actually, when I when you send me an early cut, I'll actually not look at the script the first time through and listening to it. Trying to think about, not even trying to remember what actions I wrote in. But trying to hear it and see what I hear, and then go check the script to see if it if it if it came across the way um i I heard okay. it okay
1: yeah i I had no idea you were doing that
0: yeah and i and i and I think for the most part it does come across really well like um- and i think I messaged you about this when when we released it the um in the minotaur fight, there's that one um thing that pops off at the end like when when rasan punches yeah the, the minotaur and it's like the little thing that's spinning on the ground and you can the, tell uh, it's the like hubcap yeah the hubcap and i was like that that's i was like that's perfect like you can i i love that because i can visualize it so perfectly like it's it, like i can i could see it on the ground right now and as i'm listening to like the the sound effect
1: yeah like uh, obviously a hubcap is going to pop off this machine uh, But they have some rounded parts in game and it it really helps to sell. OK, something has fallen over and fallen apart. The fight's over that that sound of like a round metal thing settling down is so like not iconic, but like recognizable that mm-hmm. it just it sells the idea of, OK, the fight's over.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you have you do that, I think, a lot. Uh, whether subtly or very um, uh, explicitly with a lot of the sound work that you've been doing for the show. Uh, I think it just, it, it always, I don't think I've ever heard something like, well, Huh? I don't. I, I think it always just fits. Like you, you have a very good way of making um, the sounds fit in. Thank you. Yeah. Wh- when when Rasan yeah. gets
1: punched, his hubcap comes off. When <laughs> Pazthia gets her mind controlled, her hubcap <laughs> pops off. Uh,
0: so I think that we got through most of the ideation process that I kind of went through for creating Fireteam Wildcats. Uh, And we went through a bit of the sound stuff. Uh, Did you have anything specifically you wanted to talk about?
1: Uh, I, I had a bullet point down here, the audition process, how we went about that and like what that ended up becoming. Oh,
0: my gosh, that was I would say like that was probably some of the most stress that I had on the project because people are no matter what it is people are putting their time to to record something for from you, uh, for you whether we think that it fits or not whether we think it you know like it that, that doesn't matter it, it's people still putting their time forward for us for a project that we're working on yeah that was a very stressful process
1: that was pretty fine for me because I was just listening, giving my feedback and you were doing all the talking with uh, the people who are auditioning. So I was fine on my end. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. I could just pass my judgment and move on.
0: <laughs> um, so we actually started, uh, whether if you were listening to us at that point or not, uh, or watching our Twitter, I guess at that point, because we weren't, we didn't have too much audio out except for the proof of concept. We, Posted a uh, I uh, I posted a Google Drive forum uh, basically that had um, some questions about like so I asked name pronouns email address if people had availability over the next couple of months uh, and what who they were auditioning for if they had a reel and a place for them to submit their audio or ask any questions for, or notes for their, add any notes for their audio. And um, we also posted a, um, like a casting call document. And actually uh, if you go and look at that document, um, I took almost all, not all of that. I I, like the, the idea for it, I took from a YouTuber named C-Dog VA who did, he just did, like, an audio format of a dojin, and he posted a bunch of this documentation for how he did his casting call process. And I was like, this is incredibly useful for me, at least. It was very very useful for for me to, like, have this stuff and see, like, how he did it, how he was kind of going back and forth, figuring out how he wanted, or, like, what questions he wanted, the, the information he gave. It was just very useful overall. And uh, I think from there we got. Let me. I'm gonna look at the number.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I was about to bring up. Like we we were a little bit worried about the traction it would take. It was either going to be nothing, and we'd get like a handful of applicants, mm-hmm. or the whole Destiny community was gonna jump on it, and we'd get like hundreds. We fell like right in the middle ground.
0: So we had. Uh, I, I just looked at. It. We had 123 responses, uh, but. So most of those included several auditions. So um, I mean, some of those were had auditions for every every single character. So I it, I think if I remember correctly, we ended up having around two hundred and fifty different auditions for uh whether it was like per for a character base for characters. So like that was just that was a lot for us to go through. I think we spent. How many, how many we uh, did we spend two or three weeks
1: going through? I think it was more than that. I think it was like a month.
0: I, it might've been because there was just so many.
1: I think it was three weeks to a month. I, I'll go look at my calendar.
0: But that was pretty, pretty, uh, intense. Uh, but we, we went through, we found, I, I guess like, uh, our top picks for characters, and then uh, for main cast, we had we sent out a callback for main cast.
1: Yeah, so this was back in September through October.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was- I've
1: got um, a meeting with you about the casting call on Monday, the 14th of September. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, so that was just to, like, solidify the details of the casting call. And then throughout the next couple of weeks, I had going over auditions with you every few days. That's insane. Uh, we went over callbacks on Sunday, the eighteenth of October. Whew. That was a month. Wow. And I mean, considering this is not like a full time job, obviously. Yeah. Like, so, if otherwise, we would have been done a lot faster. But oh, absolutely! This, this is a side thing that we're doing.
0: And in that game, I think at that time we were working on a, a game.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, we
1: were. <laughs> we were still working on that VR cooking game Hell Yeah Burgers. Oh, and I I never mentioned in terms of like my relation to game development, I am a sound designer for games. Like that is what I do by trade.
0: Yeah, that's you need oh, you do it so well.
1: Thank you.
0: <laughs> we uh, you've, we've been working on games together for about a year now, right? Mm-hmm. I think a little. starting uh. in
1: January 2020. Wait, no, didn't no, we? No, it was before, yeah, right know, before that. It- no, so it's the, it's been
0: a year and a year about year and a half. A
1: space farming game. Yeah, Terrasphere. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was that, that was a while.
1: Yeah, I'd still think about that and like <laughs> being up till what was it, two or three in the morning at your apartment in Chicago working on it. Oh
0: that? yeah, that was fun. It wasn't, but
1: <laughs> it, it was fun in its own way. I remember I remember being there and thinking like. Oh, being in an apartment surrounded by people on their computers working on a game—oh, yeah—that's an atmosphere that I really liked.
0: For and for the uh, everybody's reference, that is generally how game developers work. We're just, we do just tend to work on a game's bugs until it releases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is absolutely what that night was, but uh we were on casting process,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: so we sent out callbacks, we got some um if you got uh an email from us about like whether it was callbacks or whatever, like we really liked you we we were we like and we liked i think just about anybody that submitted we like we we loved so many of the the uh, people that submitted their stuff. it's just we you know obviously we only have so many. Characters that people can play and, yeah, and so like, on.
1: and anyone that was on callbacks, that, that was a very tough choice. Like, we, we sat there and deliberated on, like... We, we had to get nitpicky, which is a yeah, good yeah, place to be in as a, as a caster. But, mm. like, yeah, it, feel, it feels bad to turn people away at that point.
0: Yeah. Oh, and then you know what came pretty close after that? Our first recording sessions. That was... Yeah.
1: <laughs> the, the first one... Ooh, I don't know if we should talk about details.
0: No, we don't have to talk about, like, super specific details, but I, I think I'd like, I'd like to talk generally about what it was like to work with some of the, the amazing people that we've worked with.
1: Yeah, like, I, I remember there, there, were, there were some where we, like, went through the recording session, they sounded super professional, it went very smoothly, and at the end we found out that it was, like, their first time.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Because of how... Freaking awesome! Everybody in in our cast the, the cast is like holy crap! <laughs> it's just it was it was mind boggling to me.
1: Yeah i i was I was fully expecting to to get you know just like a standard Destiny fan with a razor cracking headset <laughs> talking <laughs> talking in like a really reflective room or whatever. And you know we got a handful of those, but I mean the people we ended up landing on just sounded so good.
0: Oh yeah, like every single person was a, was a joy to work with. Uh, I I guess we can, I I'm I'm gonna go down the cast list just a little bit because I I want to I want to yeah, sing yeah. these people's praises a little bit because of how awesome they are. Um, I mean, why not start with we can start with Crystal because Crystal is our is our lead. Oh my gosh, she is such a bundle of joy, and I, oh i i hope we get to work with her again soon uh because that was i think um she just always brightened a call you know
1: i remember my jaw dropping hearing the audition
0: oh my god yeah it's just like
1: i mean that, that every, much happened with all yeah, all the did. final selections we would hear them and be like mm-hmm. oh my god we would like both pause it at the same time
0: yeah. It was it was crazy. And then like for for specifically Pazithia, Pazithia requires such a wide range of emotions. Yeah. And um for reference because we didn't post the callback lines publicly, we made the callback lines for Pazithia specifically very emotional. Yes. And she nailed every single one of them. I was like I it was very amazing. Yeah,
1: there there are points in the show where the character experiences a lot of pain, um, and so when we would receive those efforts as you know part of the recordings, I would be like listening through them to select okay which ones do I want to have for this point. I would feel bad listening to them. It's like wow, that sounds it sounded painful. This feels bad to listen to. <laughs>
0: like um Rasan getting crushed that was when yeah. i was additionally i was like oh, that one is so it's like i can't imagine having to like come, come out with the 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 vocals for being crushed but he jack is also an amazing voice actor fucking nailed that as
1: yeah i feel bad for neighbors in these situations <laughs> i mean that's that's always that always gets brought up I feel when people talk about voice actors careers like okay how do your neighbors feel when you're <laughs> doing these things for games where your characters like dying
0: I just hope that they like live in like a house that's kind of away from like yeah. they've got like a they've got a little bit of a buffer
1: <laughs> if not like just delivering little notes on people's door saying hey by the way yeah it's fine yeah jack was cool too
0: Jack was great Jack was um Jack was fun. he's like he was every single time we roll in, he's like, let's get going, let's do this. He's
1: Yeah, and he he took the character and like totally he attached to it in a way that I didn't expect him to.
0: Oh yeah. And it, and I think the I think the character was better for it. I think Hursan oh, yeah. was made was made way better for it because I I think I mean that that's as a um as the as the writer, I think there were a couple times where like I the the actors were a little afraid to ad lib, and I was like, I think there were a couple times I stopped people. I was like, if you feel like there is something that because you've been like, if especially if we had been like recording for a little bit at that point, is like, if you feel that there is like something that you could say here or add here that feels like it's the character, go for it. Yeah, like we can we can get a take of what exactly what I wrote, and then we can go with some ad libs because that's that's I'm. I'm not so close-minded as a writer to not understand that sometimes there are better ways that something could be said or written.
1: Yeah, and and almost always when an ad lib was done, that's what ended up being selected, and that's not speaking to your writing, but that's more speaking to these people embodying the character so well.
0: Absolutely, and and so many of them did, um, like I'm try like the Veer oh my god
1: yeah oh getting up in the morning for that was fun
0: that was fun he is um a very uh dan berries was our only uh friend from across the pond yeah
1: it gives me an excuse to get up
0: it was always so much fun to to record with him is he just he loves playing the, the bad guy yeah he's talking yeah, he, about he, that
1: he, he got into it
0: yeah uh alicia mia uh I mean, I actually we could do. Do we want to talk about Alicia's voice?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was a an interesting thing. I mean, first you want to say, of course, she did great. Yeah, but what ended up happening is uh, Mia and Crystal's voices for Alicia and Pazathia, respectively, ended up sounding sort of the same. They were. Not necessarily in, in emotion, but they, they both kind of occupied the same space, frequency-wise. And it was sort of hard for people who haven't been working with the two of them forever to tell them apart. Sort of like the McElroy Brothers podcast. Like, if you hadn't been listening to them for a long time, you can't really tell them apart. And as far as I remember, that's what we experienced.
0: A little bit.
1: And even yeah. with... Uh, Alicia being an exo and having like the voice modulated a little bit to sound like an XO, uh, we still ended up with that issue. So, the fix that I ended up going with was pitching her up by two semitones, I think. And that immediately fixed it. Uh, the plugin I used for that was Sound Toys' Little Altar Boy. That's from, yeah, Sound Toys. I mean, it works great. And sounds just as human. Yeah. EXO sounds just as XO.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think that that thankfully came out really well. And I think we were working that, on that pretty close to the line up to episode one, weren't we?
1: I I can't remember, actually. Episode one, I've sort of blocked out of my memory already. <laughs> just because, you know, that was my first time doing an audio drama. At all, like obviously, as time went on with these episodes, the experience from each one prior made it easier and faster to get things done. But the first one, god, that was uh that was kind of a nightmare. um well, it wasn't too bad, but i I'm think thinking back to it, even if I listen back to it now, there's some decisions that I made that I'm like, I don't know if I would do that again. like there's scenes where a character will stop while the others keep walking and I'll have them like I started panning those characters to the right as they continue walking and so their voices are way off to the side and you know that's realistic and I'm approaching that from like a film film and game standpoint of like wanting to match visual but for an audio only medium that doesn't translate quite as well, especially if someone's listening on like a mono device, like just through their phone speakers or laptop speaker or something like that. So there's a lot of little decisions I made like that, that I wouldn't do again. And I've learned from
0: the ghosts. Uh, so that would be, um, Oh gosh. So that would be Callie, uh, Callie Wills, I believe as Kai Kai was super warm oh God, and yeah. exactly how I had imagined, um, imagined her, we had um, Reed as Ghost, which is um, Rasan's ghost. We had Ada, which was Alex Devine. Uh, and Ada was great. I loved. Um, he got the sassiness down perfectly whenever yeah. I needed him to.
1: And the the voice, the voice for Ada was such a like. Oh yeah, it, it's it's the sort of thing that not a lot of people will get right. Uh this mm-hmm. sort of I don't know how to describe it. It's not British. It's just this sort of
0: Pos- slightly posh, like slightly a, a little bit
1: proper. I yeah. Don't, I don't know the technical word for it, but like when people try to fake that, generally it sounds like shit. To be honest. <laughs> so he pulled it off really well. Like it was once I put it through the ghost effect, I was like, yeah, that's a ghost. Like that's so obviously a ghost.
0: Mm-hmm. And it works. Um, we had uh, Riot, Catelyn Danes, Catelyn, Oh,
1: yeah, Catelyn kicked ass at that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, just the 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 kind of big sister thing I was going for in the writing between uh, with her and Rasan was just great. Basically, I guess uh, for everybody's, uh, just so everybody knows, Rasan basically has three big sisters in the show. It's Alyssia, uh, Pazathia, and, and Riot.
1: Yeah, R- Rasan <laughs> is the the younger brother. The
0: youngest brother of four. <laughs> not not you know in reality, not literally, but, but. Uh, mm-hmm. figuratively. <laughs> um and then we also had the civilians which were bonnie and sebastian oh, poor um bonnie, bonnie oh is the uh,
1: the civilian in the dead orbit ship that she
0: killed that by oh, and got well, killed and got killed yeah <laughs> 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 that was brutal and it was perfect for getting the point across that i think it needed to yeah
1: that that was that was a dark moment in editing
0: it was it, there is, it was a dark moment in in I mean when I wrote that I was like uh, uh, we'll, we'll see how this comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Writing innocent deaths doesn't always feel great.
1: No, but I made it sound pretty good.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> uh we had Sebastian which was was great as civilian civilian 1.
1: And his uh his panting running breath did make it in. We, oh, yeah. during, during the recording <laughs> session, we briefly joked about, Oh, what if we had him like come running up and we could hear him like breathing all comically. Uh, and so he recorded that and I was kind of like, eh, that's probably not going to make it in because it sounds a little goofy, but <laughs> you know, mixed, mixed in kind of quiet. It still sounds like a little bit goofy, but it fits. So I'm still fine with it.
0: I'm glad it worked. Uh, and then Uh, we had Quasar. Yes, uh, Blythe.
1: Quasar. Oh my god. Oh
0: my god, uh, Blythe in that, Uh, like the fact that he gets in both his ranges as like a nice guy, and then also like he's so pissed off. Oh, it was so good. The the
1: dude is a teddy bear in both (laughs) senses of the term. In terms of that, like he sounded big and strong, but also was like really nice at first. But he can also pull off the grizzly bear version of like he's gonna kick yeah. your ass
0: yeah that was that was great and then uh uh we had uh the archon mitch zander that yeah that was oh
1: i i feel bad for any of mitch's relatives who wanted to like maybe listen to it or something because you cannot recognize his voice
0: <laughs> um but it also that was i think the moment when i heard your passes on it and um how well like i mean his, his voice does still fit it very well like yeah, i don't like
1: we needed that that performance like to get to where it was like you have to build off of a baseline and to be clear about what i'm talking about uh the archon's voice is incredibly distorted it's got like a sort of mask on uh very uh what's the batman villain's name with the mask
0: uh bane
1: yeah, it's, it's very Bane-esque, but like giant and even more pissed off. So in order to get that to work, obviously we needed that performance from Mitch, which Mitch mm-hmm. did incredibly well, uh, which gave me the base to make it all big and fucked up and mean.
0: And I think that that was like when I heard your the first take of that, it was this thing. I can imagine it like hovering over me like it's about to squash me like a bug.
1: Yep that that was the goal with that was to get that character like in the listener's face.
0: I think I got chills when I listen. Yeah,
1: I I remember being very excited to to, uh, design that moment from the second that I heard that that was going to be a moment in it.
0: Yeah, and I uh, the actually um um, from a writing perspective, episode two is the most is the is the weirdest one. I think it's like what do you mean by that? It it doesn't. It's not uh, like it's not strictly a, a a main story episode because there's this like this side thing that pops up during it. Because the Archon has nothing to do with what's going on with Pasithea, nothing to do with the Hive that's going on. It's just kind of off on the side. And I think because of that, I tried to spend more and more time like making it more action-y and more interesting from that perspective. And I think, I hope it came, like in the writing, it came across pretty well because it, uh, I gotta say, your, your audio editing just knocked it out, of, just made it amazing.
1: <laughs> it's like, holy it was shit. Basic, yeah. That was also a, a joy to do. Yeah.
0: I think that was everybody except for, you know, our, the, the three cameos. Uh,
1: yeah. Me, you, and Matt as the cameos. Mm-hmm. My character is the one that jokes that. Pazathia is the new Oh my god,
0: box. I loved, I loved that that line the second I wrote it, and I was like, no matter what happens, that th- that thing is not leaving the script.
1: And that that one's interesting in that it it sort of toes the line of being like a fourth wall it is, break it, absolutely. because strikes are a thing that exists in the Destiny universe, but the fact that this character is now joking about it and that there is such thing as a strike boss that's a very video game exactly term.
0: and that's that entire line is meant to poke fun at the part of the destiny community that's always like basically bloodthirsty uh to find the next thing that, that they're gonna kill
1: and then there's there's also the line with uh rasan mentioning that they use space magic i mean it's
0: it depends on the way you look at it. it depends on your point of view <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if there was anything else from like a writing perspective. I mean, I I can go in a little bit into the production perspective of schedules as well. as, it was like I had I had a a fairly loose timetable for everything because you know obviously with pandemic things are gonna get thrown all over. Um, did we almost make it an entire podcast that? Somebody bringing up the the
1: pandemic. <laughs> I, I was just thinking that it's like we we just hit our in these unprecedented times moment.
0: Yeah, we did. Um, but I, it was mostly just from like schedule instability. That's that's the only reason I bring that up, because sometimes you know people got busy, whether that's voice actors or artists. Um, we worked with uh, two. Two amazing artists, um, Ollie uh, Kaiser, who has won several of the uh, art awards from Bungie. And then I think it's Lotus Shim 554, who did the amazing single pictures of the the main cast. And then I also, uh, the sound is actually from Fiverr. The music, um, sorry, not the sound. The music at the end of the episodes is from
1: Yeah, the the little tagline music. Or the theme, I guess. Yeah,
0: the theme. Actually, because it'll be out at this point. The episode six theme was also really interesting. We gave a a good amount of feedback, but that the guy that we worked with on that was really, really professional, and got it really quick to us. That one was was pretty Yeah, that was yeah. nuts. He got that back to us like in instantly, yeah, it was really impressive.
1: Yeah, but that's that's something that like I I had thought about. Okay, the whole reason that I'm doing audio is because I've been interested in electronic music production pretty much. I want to say since like middle of high school, and I'm mm-hmm. 24 now. And so I have I have music composition experience, but just not like orchestral. Um. So I can put together things when I need to, but I just felt like someone with more of a professional background with orchestral should probably take the lead on that.
0: Uh, Tasha, yep. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any last little notes.
1: One other thing that I had as a note to bring up at some point was just the, the funny moment that I had when doing episode five where I realized the way in which the script was written for this moment when Paz gets tossed a helmet, uh, the helmet that's going to end up, you know, saving them all and or, or keeping them safe from Veer for the final mission. Uh, so she gets past this helmet and then stands up, puts it on and says, all right, let's, let's go. And then everyone else leaves and she has a discussion with Kai while she gears up made me realize that okay so she's she's in this recovery room in a, a hospital gown i'm assuming <laughs> so she gets past his helmet she stands up puts on the helmet and says all right let's do this so she's standing there barefoot in a hospital gown with a helmet on
0: <laughs> it was a really funny mental image just the second you pointed it out and yeah. i was like okay well.
1: <laughs> so i i I did my own little rewrite
0: there. I appreciated it. That was, yeah. There are a couple times where in the in the script where I just was like, "Wait a second, that's not supposed to be."
1: I mean, but yeah, that's that's that happens, and like that's that's a whole thing with. uh, I mean, on film sets, they have a person dedicated to continuity. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that's totally understandable. It's just funny to happen across.
0: There were a couple times that I, I was thinking about that, where it was like. I guess that is another. That's another interesting thing to to talk about is the edit, the editing process for me, because I think I edited like there were some episodes that got like ten edits, and there were some episodes that got like five or six, and it really came out to how good I felt about that episode. Episode one, obviously, because I had written that a long time ago. By the time I get to episode six, I'm like, well. Okay, there are now a couple things that I I know about how I'm writing this character that I want to I want to fix and kind of have in there. Like one thing that I I kept in very specifically is that Pasthea is a really good sniper, um, and she kind of maintains that throughout the show, whether you notice it or not. And so now in episode one, she had a sniping like a small little snippet where she gets to show off that she's a good sniper episode two she has the moment from she had the moment from the get-go where she was a sniper but I just wanted to kind of make it more consistent um or more noticeable I guess yeah and that was that was interesting um to kind of go back through that editing process and to to update things because I you know episode one two three four five and six they were all written at different times so they all kind of you know, felt a little different, so I just had to kind of get them all to one nice, smooth
1: state. Yeah, and it's it's amazing to me that you were able to finish each of these things, like finish a script, and even though you're making edits to it, it was like it started and it ended. I've I've got multiple projects on my hard drive that are like that. They're similar in that they start. They've got that going for them, <laughs> so that it's cool that you're able to do that. So how did, how did you approach coming to each episode and saying, okay, here's what I want to happen and like laying it out?
0: Uh, I I like to think about a lot of things in arcs and my D and D players could tell you that (laughs) I I love looking at things in arcs, whether that's a character arc, uh, a plot arc. I definitely try to get arcs in everywhere because I think that they're satisfying. So for the overall plot, I knew that it needed to start before Paz Thee had gotten taken. And I knew I wanted to end with her breaking from Veer's um, point. And then it was just kind of filling in the points in between. I was like, episode two, I think, um, was like my first kind of foray into that. And I was like, do I want to make this like a side episode? Do I want to make Do I want there to be side, episode, side episodes? And in the end, episode two is not... A full side episode, but it is a partial side episode in that, you know, there's this enemy that appears that has nothing to do with Pasithea, but the reason that Rasana is there is because of Pasithea.
1: Yeah. And that, that makes it gel.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's exactly where I kind of wanted to go at that. And it also kind of lets you know that where Pasithea is at a little bit. She's kind of out here in exile. Hence the title of that episode. Yeah. <laughs> episode three. I knew I wanted to do a kind of an episode about these, this, these different stories. And I mean, the, the Quasar Interestingly, the the Quasar scenes were almost all added after the episode was fully written. Then I can actually talk about what I, why Quasar was actually added after the entire show had been written is because I wanted to get across that Pazathia, Pazathia was kind of like a pseudo villain for a short period of time. And I wanted to kind of get that point across and you know, shooting a guardian and almost killing him when, you know, he is not a part of Fireteam Wildcats, when he is not, you know, he doesn't know who she is really, really kind of starts to cement that. And then episode five, when she wakes up and Quasar then confronts her, it makes her realize that she was the villain. But then I want to make Alicia a more fleshed out character and so you might notice in episode one she doesn't really say um a whole lot other than very logistical things she's not a very warm person uh episode uh two she's a she's warm with Rasan is what you kind of realize. Episode three you realize that she's not super comfortable with Pasathea. She refer- she references the idea of like them having to go end Pazithia, right? And then uh episode five you know, we get the, the reconciliation a little bit and we realize that maybe the conversation that Rassan had with Elysia back in episode three kind of did affect her. And then at the end, she steps up and defends Hazathea from Quasar.
1: At the end of that episode.
0: At the end of episode five, yeah. And I wanted her to, to kind of have this arc of she's, she you know, she's not... Very close to Pazathia, even at some point kind of references the idea of being the ones that kill her. And then this this close heart to heart, seeing how she's affected Rasan makes her kind of rethink that. Come back in episode five, she has rethought. She's she's grown. And now she's she cares about Pazithia a lot
1: more. Yeah, and that that was that was nice to see evolve.
0: Yeah, and that was like that was one of the arcs that I tried to kind of get in there. Uh, episode four, obviously, I I wanted to have this. I wanted to have uh, Pazithia be a a bit of a villain, and you can see that a, a little bit at the end of episode three. Uh, episode four, she kills civilians, and that's that's entirely to make it so that you know there there are going to be consequences for that whether that's emotional for her whether that comes across somewhere else some other time you know that there will be consequences for it and then I wanted to have that moment between Rasan and and Pazathea and I want to get I want to get one thing clear because I actually had a couple people talking to me like that thought this Rasan and Pazithia are not into each other. That's they are not uh inter- they are brother and sister, essentially.
1: <laughs> that that surprises me that anyone thought that.
0: Yeah, as like um uh, there are people that thought that this is kind of a little bit of a love story.
1: Come on. And it is a
0: love story, but it's not a romance story. It is a, a familial love story. He is empowering her, he's trying to let her know that she has has the ability to do this. It's not him. Never throughout the entire show does he think that it's he can bring her back. It's it's always him trying to tell her that she can bring herself back. And in episode 6 that comes to full fruition. Everything drops away for her. She doesn't hear him anymore, but she knows that she has the ability to do it. She knows that she has the ability to do it herself. And it comes it comes through for her. She breaks free of it and and kills Veer and that is supposed to be like this in total empowerment story for her that she she has the ability to do this. Everybody has the ability to break away from the darkness within them. That is literally what the story is about. And it's not the people that help you that do it. It's you that does it with their help.
1: Yeah. We, that's the important point. It's like with their help because like no one can do that i mean some people can but like it's important to acknowledge that like as social beings you need help sometimes Mm -hmm. and that's fine that's like part of it
0: and i you know i in the end i wanted this story to be kind of a story about female empowerment that was kind of um and i think that that came across really well i i uh or I hope it didn't. Uh, maybe you all can tell me if it did.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that can be if, if podcasts have a comment section.
0: And I'm actually kind of curious if anybody has any questions that they have for us. We could always come back and do another Q and A. Like any specific thing, that'd be kind of interesting. Oh
1: yeah, that would that would be super nice instead of like trying to think of things to, to yeah. say. Yeah, if you like...
0: if you have questions, feel free to either at app- Add us on Twitter or post in, uh, post in the, your review on whatever podcast platform or whatever.
1: If it's a high one, <laughs> if it's a good one, maybe keep it to yourself <laughs> if it's not.
0: But yeah, I don't think I think that's it then. Um, this ended up yeah being a pretty long podcast, but I think it, it ended up hopefully being a pretty important and infor- informative podcast for our listeners out there and hopefully you found it interesting uh i know that we might get some comments that this is longer than the actual show
1: (laughs) oh yeah the season's 30 exactly
0: so i was just like some people might mention that this is a little bit longer than the the season
1: well hey because i didn't have to fucking sound exactly all right
0: (laughs) that's (laughs) what i was gonna note is that we didn't this is unscripted okay
1: this is unscripted and i didn't have to add like 15 layers of garbage cans falling by over.
0: the way blue i'm gonna uh, there's a little fight scene here
1: at the- <laughs> oh, son of a bitch <laughs> it's fine it's fun it's fun to do i keep telling myself
0: oh my god well thank you for joining me blue uh on this journey for this show yeah
1: and thank you for having me on it and to do the thing that led up to it
0: um <laughs> uh, of course and Thank you to all of our listeners. You have really made, I don't know, this last these last like couple of months really um, feel great. Just getting a message every so often from somebody that says like, hey, I listen to the show. I really enjoyed it. That literally like that's enough for me right there that that yeah that's all i need (laughs) to sustain
1: myself (laughs) and and also again just like a huge thank you to all the voice talent that we had
0: yeah uh, thank you so much and uh and to our artists and uh to our amazing uh orchestrator um is all amazing
1: (laughs) i I think that that wraps Um, it up
0: i think it does
1: Goodbye. Bye.